you know, this time of year, I start getting really excited uh, because it's getting close to football season, and I'm a big football fan, and most of you know that I, I love sports. I, 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 football is my favorite, but I just love sports. I love baseball. I love football. I love golf. I just, I enjoy playing and, well, I used to enjoy playing football. I don't play football much anymore, but I still can play golf, okay? Uh, but football is my favorite, and I, I, but I grew up also playing baseball, and I was actually pretty good at, at, at baseball. In fact, I loved football. It was my favorite sport playing and growing up, but I was better at baseball, and I, I was a pretty good fielder, and I was a really good hitter. I was always, if you know what this means, I was always like the number four batter because I could really hit the ball, and, and I was just good and, and, uh, at, at, at playing baseball, but I really love football. Anybody got the message? I love football. I enjoy football. <laughs> okay. But when our sons, we have three sons, and when they were growing up, uh, I, I coached, my wife and I both coached uh, Little League sports. We coached soccer and we coached football, but we also coached, I coached baseball the longest. I coached them from the time they were in t-ball up until it got way too serious, and then I let the serious coaches continue to coaching them. But, but I, I, I had this hitting drill, this batting drill that I would do. If, you're, if you've noticed this thing up on the, the stage here, it's not to hit anybody, and it's, it's actually a demonstration I want to do because this is something that I would, I would do with my team. I did it with our own sons, and what I would do is I took this broomstick. That's actually a broomstick, and I just put tape, and I did this a long, long time ago with our sons, and then I went and I bought some wiffle balls. How many know what wiffle balls are? They're little, they're little balls with little, very light balls with, with holes in it. And there was a drill in baseball that we would do called soft toss. Anybody know what soft toss is? You know, I, I would sit as a coach. They would sit, they would stand opposite me with, with a bat, and you'd take a baseball, and you'd throw it up, and they would hit it. And, it. and what you would do is you would work on their mechanics, their hitting mechanics. And so I got this idea one time that, you know, if they can hit, if I can teach them to hit a, a baseball with a baseball bat, how much better could they do that if I used a broomstick and a wiffle ball? And so what I did is I taught them how to do soft toss, hit, hitting with a broomstick and hitting a little wiffle ball. And at first, no one could hit it. In fact, I was trying before service to hit one. I couldn't hit it. It takes time, but the kids eventually... They would get the rhythm, and they would, they would be able to focus, and they would get it down, and every one of them would hit, and it, and it taught them to be a really, really good hitter because the idea behind it is if they could hit a little wiffle ball with a broomstick, they could sure hit a baseball with a bat. And if a wiffle ball, if they could find that wiffle ball to hit it, that baseball would look like a beach ball. It just got bigger and, and bigger and bigger. And I even taught them, you know, I would taught them this, this phrase. I would say, they'd get, be getting ready to get up the bat or they'd be up at bat. And, and I'd say, make the ball bigger. And what I meant by that is I would, use, I would use an illustration. Just take this wiffle ball and I want you just to find a spot on it. Pick one hole. Don't try to hit the wiffle ball. Hit one hole. And I would teach them that with the baseball. Don't hit the baseball. Hit one spot on the baseball. 
And what would happen is when they would begin to focus on the baseball, on the spot on the baseball, the baseball itself would get, would get bigger. And so I taught them, I'd, they'd get up to bat and I'd say, now make the ball bigger. What I was saying to them and what they knew was pick a spot, pick a spot. There was a, uh, a story of a golfer and this is where I actually learned this principle and how I used it in, in baseball. But there was a golfer that, um, the story that he was struggling with his hitting and so the, 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 his coach one day took a golf ball. That's, I, I picked a yellow golf ball because you could all see a yellow golf ball, right? But it is a golf ball. And, uh, but his coach took a golf ball and he laid it on the table. And he said, he looked at me and he said, now I don't want you to look at the ball. I want you to pick one dimple on the ball. And I want you to stare at that one dimple. Just stare and, until I say stop. And he just... He made him just stare and stare at that one dimple. And, and the, the amazing things that happen is when you look at one dimple on the ball, that ball gets bigger. And it gets a lot easier to hit, just like the, the, the way that I would have my team and my kids uh, hit the, the wiffle ball, then learn how to hit the, the baseball. See, the, 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 this, this story, this, this is what it, this is about is whatever you focus on, will get bigger. Whatever, if you focus on something, you will make whatever it is you focus on, you'll make it bigger. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 6, 25. But how many of you, as you're turning there, how many of you ever have ever found yourself so focused on a problem or a circumstance that it seemed to consume your thoughts? Do you ever get fixated on one thing, one problem, one issue? Maybe it's financial. Maybe you're, you've lost your job or you could lose a job or, or you're worried about the company laying people off and you get fixated. Or maybe you're, you're worried about being able to pay your mortgage payment or maybe buying groceries. Who knows? Maybe it's a financial issue and you're worried about it. You get fixated on it. It could be a relationship. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's your marriage, or maybe it's a relationship with a mother or father or with a, a, one of your children or just a, a friend. It could be a relationship and you get so fixated on that that it just makes it bigger and bigger and bigger. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a sickness. I think that there's a lot of people today that are very fixated on a pandemic and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. I, and I don't downplay it. People are sick, and we have to be very careful. And we try so hard here at New Life and in our preschool to be very cautious and to keep people safe. But you know, you cannot spend your whole life fixated on one thing because all you'll do is make that bigger. If you focus on the problem, I promise that problem will keep getting bigger and bigger in your mind and in your life. And before long, it begins to consume you. It will begin to consume everything you do. It will consume, consume you and you'll become anxious. You'll become uh, stressed out over that one issue because it's become so big in your life. Our world is full of problems today. Not just a pandemic, but how many ever watch the news? How many, how many of you can stand the news more than three minutes? You're a lot better person than I am because I get about sick to my stomach after about three minutes. 
I can't stand it anymore. There's so many problems, pandemic, world tension, you know, rumors of wars and wars. How do I know what that sounds like? You know, it sounds a little bit like some end-time discussion there. But, but regardless, there's just, we live in a, a world of problems. And before long, if we focus on all those problems and all the things that's taking place, if we just watch the news all the time, those problems get bigger and bigger. And we get more anxious and troubled and things get worse. I'm starting a new series today called God First. God First. And the Bible's filled with scriptures about anxiety and problems and troubles and how the solution to that is putting God first. The solution is putting God first. The title of this message today is His Way. Say His Way. There's a, a passage scripture in Proverbs 14, 12 that says, There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. There is a way that seems right to us, that seems right to human minds and intellect and human ways. There is a way. How, how many of you just feel like, well, this is the way, it's the way I like or the way I want. But the Bible says there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. You see, it's our choice. Life is all our choice. We can choose in, in our life to live life our way, my way, or we can choose life, we can choose to live God, God's way or his way. This proverb says that when we choose our way, it leads to what? To death. So today I want to talk about doing things God's way, doing things his way. His way is learning, and hear this, his way is learning to set your eyes on Jesus in such a way that you look past everything else. You look past the distractions, the problems, the circumstances, until he is the only thing you see. That is what the Bible says to do, to fix your eyes on Jesus until every problem, everything that's swirling around you, all the issues and all the distractions of life, fix your eyes on Jesus until he is the only thing you see. You see, if we can learn to keep our eyes on Jesus, no matter what, if we will fix our eyes on Jesus, no matter what, God will get bigger and our problems will get smaller. Are you hearing me, church? If we will learn to be fixated on him, fix our eyes on Jesus, he gets a lot bigger. How many know I want to serve a big God? How many want to serve a big God? Not a little God that people say can't do this, can't do that. I want to serve a big God, and the way to do it is we keep looking at him. We pick that point. We, we pick that place of Jesus, and we focus on him. We keep our eyes, and we become fixated with him. Amen? Matthew 6. Told you to turn to Matthew 6, 25, and that's where we're at. I want to just read this. We're going to talk as I do, but I want you to listen to what, what Jesus says here. He says, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food and your body more than clothing? The word worry here, it actually it means being distracted are preoccupied with things that will cause anxiety. That's the things we talked about a minute ago, about, about money or relationships. Worry 
Here's this. Worry means to be distracted by those things. Worry means to be distracted. And so he says here that, that is not life more than these things? Is life not more than the things we worry about? You know that we are the only creation of God that worries. I have never seen my dog worry. I've never seen my dog go, oh, what am I going to have for dinner? He knows that at dinner time, you know, my wife or I, one of us is going to feed him. I've never seen a, a bird outside. We have these, we have, what do they call, I think they call them a gaggle of turkeys. Right, that, that in our neighborhood, I mean, there's probably eight or ten, maybe more, which drives my dog nuts, okay? But these turkeys, they don't, they don't walk around looking worried. They walk around finding food. They look as happy as they can be, right? We're the only creation, that, we're the only part of God's creation that worries. And Jesus says, is life not more than the things you're worried about? You can fill in the blank there. Is life not more, is life not more than, fill in the blank. Is life not more than the food I eat? Is life not more than the clothes I wear? Is life not more than all these things that stress me out and worry me? That's Jesus. Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. Not the turkeys. He's talking about birds in the air. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, much, are you not worth much more than they? And, they? and who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? Here's the story of that passage. And this is one to really, really think about. Worry steals your life from you. Who is the thief, the enemy? Worry is a result of the enemy distracting you from the things that God has put before you that are important to you. He, Jesus says here, and who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? Worry will steal life from you. Are you hearing me, church? Verse 28. And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you, not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown in the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not worry. Say that. Do not worry. Do not worry then saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Did you hear that? Your heavenly Father knows whatever you need. He knows it. But seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Father, we ask you, Lord, to, Lord, to speak to each of our hearts, Lord, as we open our hearts to hear your voice. We hear your word, and we hear what the Holy Spirit says, Lord, we pray that you would just change each one of us, Lord, today. 
Transform our minds. Direct our paths, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to talk to you about why God's way removes worry. Why God's way. His way. We're talking about His way. God's way. And how it removes worry in our life. And the first is that I want you to know is, is that God has a way for your life. How many know God has a way, a plan, that your day tomorrow, today, tomorrow, and your plan for this week, this month, for the rest of this year, for next year, set your goals and all those things, but do it prayerfully because the most important thing is God's plan for your life. God has a way for your life. In the early Christian days, in early Christianity, uh, the Christian life was referred to as the way. If you go back in manuscripts and read manuscripts, they didn't talk about Christians. They talked about the way. It was the way. It was, it was the path. It was the walk. A lot of us today, you'll hear us refer to, to you know, about your walk. And what we're talking about is your walk with God, your, the way, your relationship with God. That's what the walk is, is talking about. Jesus said in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way. You see, it, it, it becomes a bigger discussion when we understand this passage that the way was, was what it means to be a Christian, what it means to live for God. That was what he's talking. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is saying that he is the way of life, that he is the way of life. Set your eyes on him and you'll have life. Focus your life on him, you'll have life. Follow him, you'll have life. You'll see beyond the problems. Every one of us have us. One thing we all have in common, I guarantee you in this world, even Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation. Why? Because this world is all about problems and conflicts and difficulties and challenges and mountains to, to overcome. Jesus teaches us how to move mountains, though, by the way, doesn't he? Amen? If you have faith as, a, as a little as a seed, as little as a dimple on a ball here, right? you can say unto that mountain, be thou removed and it will be cast into the sea. Amen? You know, we have to understand God has a way. He is the way. But Jesus is also saying here, I am the only way. The problem in our society and culture today is people don't grasp the truth. It's truth, truth, truth that Jesus is the only way. I am not ashamed to say that. I am not, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you if you listen online, wherever, Jesus is the only way to God. There is no other way. He says, no one comes to the Father but through me. This last week, uh, I uh, received an article, and I read through it, and here's the, the caption of the article. Over 60% of born-again Christians believe between 18 and 39 say Jesus isn't the only way to God or heaven. That is the, that is the deception of the age we live in. It's like the, the frog in the kettle. You ever heard the story of the frog in the kettle? You put a frog in a kettle of cold water to start turning on the fire. Frog, you know, doesn't die immediately, you know, because the water's changing gradually. The culture that we live in is changing gradually. You know, 20 years ago, that would not have been the case. 
if we're not careful, we become a frog in the kettle. We've got to constantly remember the truth, the truth of the word of God. The truth, the truth is that Jesus is the only way. Keep focused on Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I, I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God wants you to know. He wants it to be ingrained in your life, even in the midst where everything seems to be going wrong and falling apart. God wants you to know he has a way for you. He has a plan for you. God wants you to know he's interested in every little detail of your life. He wants to be involved in every little detail of your life. Years ago, I, I remember uh, a person that I know got offended because they saw their name on the prayer request at the church. And they were offended because it was just a small matter and, and, and they didn't think that it should be on the prayer request. But the, here's the, the, what the person said to me. God's not interested in the little things of my life. That's what I've got to deal with. God's in, in, interested in the big picture. I'm sorry. God's interested in every little minute detail of your life. He's interested in the thoughts that you struggle with when you wake up in the morning. He's interested in what you worry about. He's interested about what you face. God is interested in every little aspect and detail of your life. And he has a way. He has a way to get you through it. He has a path to lead you through it. You see, if you, if you receive Jesus... Your past is covered under the blood. Nothing else to worry about. It's gone. Jesus says it's gone away. You're a new creation. If you receive Jesus and receive the work of the cross, your past is wiped clean by the blood of the Lamb, which is the, most, the strongest, most powerful disinfectant, if you will, on the face of the world, of the universe, right? It will wipe the past clean. No more reason to bring up the past. Don't bring up my past. It's under the blood. I've messed up. I've screwed up. I've done bad things. I, I have messed things up. I've messed other people up. But it's under the blood today. Are you hearing me, church? See, if you re receive Jesus and accept him, your future is in his hands. You don't have to worry about your past. He says here in Jeremiah 29, 11, I, I know my plans I have, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a what? A future. When you accept and you trust Jesus, your future's in his. Your past is gone. Your future's in his hands. There is nothing we have to be anxious over. There's nothing we have to worry about got to keep our eyes fixed on him. If we follow him, he'll lead us. Amen? Amen. Trusting God with your, with your life is the key to living God's way. Trusting God. Every time you hit a wall, every time you have a thought, every time somebody says something to you that, that, that brings up the past, or every time somebody says something that, that makes you worry about your future, or what, every time you have an emotion of anxiety or whatever, stop and just say, nope, I trust God. Get your eyes fixed back on Jesus. Get your eyes fixed on him. The second way that, that God's way removes worry is you don't have to carry your burdens alone. You don't have to care. I'm going to say it because so many people, well, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed of this. You don't 
have to carry your burdens alone. The enemy's greatest attack is to separate you, to get you alone. And then he can attack you in your thoughts and in your life. He can attack you because he separated you from that which God has given us. God, the Bible talks about a threefold cord is not easily broken. That means, that means me, God, and others. And if he can t take us down to a two-fold cord, he can eventually separate us from God by getting us to focus on the problems, focus on our past, focus on the problems and issues of life. I'm telling you, you don't have to carry your burdens alone. We were not created. Say this with me. I was not created to carry my burdens alone. In fact, I'll go so far as to say, you're, you can't, you can't carry your burdens alone. That's why God said in Genesis 2.18, he says, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. What God, you know, everything else, if you go back to Genesis, everything he looked at that he created, he says, and it was good. He created the heavens, it was good. He created the animals, it was good. But then he looked at man and he says, it is not good to be alone. It is not good to try to walk this life alone. It's not good to try to carry your burdens alone. Everything God, everything God looked at, he said, it's good except us trying to do life alone. It doesn't work. Life is tough. The cares and the problems in life can be really heavy. I, I just felt in my spirit this morning there was a heaviness on people that were going to be that were going to be uh, watching us online or coming this morning. I just felt there was a, just a real sense of heaviness. And my prayer this morning is, God, lift that heaviness as people walk through the front door. Let the Holy Spirit so touch them that their, their the weightiness of problems and worries and cares falls off of them at the door. I'll just declare it right now in the name of Jesus. Problems, you can't come through this door. You declare that in your home. Declare that in your life. Uh-uh, you can't come in here. A problem, uh-uh, nope, you can't come in here. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Life is tough. But when you do it his way, when you do it God's way, when you seek Jesus first, Jesus stops in and says, hey, I'll do the heavy lifting. I've got that. And usually, he'll send somebody along. My wife and I, we pray every morning when she's going to work. And we, you know, she has to be at work pretty early. She, she's a teacher, and she, she's got to be there early. And we're praying on the phone. Almost every day, one of us will pray. She prays it more over me. I pray God send somebody to help him. Send people to help. Every day. It's just a constant prayer. Why? Because we all need help. You're going through a tough time. God, send me somebody to help me. Send me somebody that will help me. And then the flip side of the coin is God, send me to help somebody else. Send me. Give me somebody I can speak a word to today that will encourage them. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all of you who are weary, carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Does that describe any of you? You know, that weary I had somebody just yesterday look and said, I said, how you doing? They said, I'm weary. And she, and she said, you ever get weary? I said, yeah, I get weary. You know, we all are weary. That's why Jesus said this, because we get weary. 
Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And what does he say? I'll give you rest. Give me your weariness. Give me your burdens. Not me. I don't want them. I can't. I'll, I'll walk them with you. I'll walk through them with you. But Jesus says, give me your worries. Give me your weariness. Give me your problems. Give me those things that weight you down. And I'll exchange it for rest. How many need some rest? Rest. That's what he says. I'll give you rest. We come to him by putting him first. And we come to him and we give him all of those burdens and, and his promises. I'll take them from you. I'll carry them for you. I'll do the heavy lifting. So don't carry your burdens alone, church. People online at home, don't carry your burdens alone. It's hard right now because you don't get to come and be a part of this here. But I believe that God is such a good and gracious God that the same, the same wonderful joy that's in this house this morning is right there in your home. And I believe God can do a miracle right there. So trust God to help you. And trust others that he sends to help you. Trust others. The third thing I want to share with you that will remove worry from your life is knowing, knowing God's way is the only way. God's way is the only way. I, I, I would put it to you this way. You have to come to the place in your life that you say, I don't trust my own way. I've seen in my own life, I'm talking Steve Johnson here, I've messed up enough stuff in my life, I know my way is not a really very good way. And if I want me to mess up a whole bunch tomorrow, just keep doing it my way. But I know his way is the only way. We have to come to the place in our life where we just simply accept it and we, we, we learn it and we know it, his way is the only way. His way is the only way. Jesus says, I am the way. Do we need it from anybody else to tell us? I am the only way. I, my way is the only way. That's what he says. Jesus says that. How many of you have uh, ever not done something in your life because you were afraid or fearful? I'll ask you the flip side of the question. What would you attempt for God if you knew you couldn't fail? Think about it. What would you attempt for God if you knew you couldn't fail? I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come back up. Psalm 19, 7 through 9 says, God's laws, he's talking about God's instructions. God's laws are perfect. They protect us, make us wise, give us joy and light. God's laws are pure, eternal, and just. Isn't that a beautiful passage of Scripture? I'm going to say it again. God's laws are perfect. Say that with me. God is perfect. God is perfect. Let's say that passage of Scripture. God's laws are perfect. They protect us, make us wise, Give us joy and light. God's laws are pure, eternal, and just. You see, if you will grasp that passage, you will, you will be able to grasp in your own mind God's way is the only way. Because he'll, he'll give us wisdom. He'll protect us. He'll give us joy. We all need joy. He'll give us light. He'll turn the light on in the room. 
You see, if you put him first and trust him, he'll not allow you to go wrong. Do you hear me? He'll not allow you to fail. Sometimes you may think you're failing when you're following God, but at the end of the day, you'll look back and go, I am so glad I did it God's way. Amen? His laws are perfect. They protect us, make us wise, give us joy and light. God's laws are pure, eternal, and just. But I'm going to tell you, church, you've got you to put them first. You've got to put them first. You've got to set your eyes on Jesus. I'm going to tell you, when you set your eyes on Jesus, every other way, every other problem will just begin to fade away and get smaller, and Jesus will get bigger in your life. Trusting God with your life is the key to living your life God's way. His way is the only way. I'm going to close with this passage of, of Scripture, one that's very familiar to most, most of us. But I would think of, you know, I used to be a children's pastor, and we would have memory verses. <laughs> and this would be your memory verse for the week and to listen to it and to learn it. Proverbs 5, 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Underline the word all. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. That's your memory verse for the week. See, how do you put God first? How do we live life God's way? You trust in the Lord with all your heart. You trust him with all your heart. Give him every part of your heart, every worry, every problem, every anxiety. Don't trust your own ways, this says. Don't trust your own way. Don't trust your own ideas. Trust God. He says, in every way, acknowledge him as Lord. In every situation, you're going through a problem, your big decision, Maybe some, a part where there's some confusion. You, whatever situation, you just don't know what to do. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him as Lord. He is my Lord. He's my God. He's the one that will see me through. I'm, I'm looking at the, if you will, the, I'm looking at Jesus. I, I'm keeping my eyes fixed on him before long. That decision just kind of goes away, goes away. Had a decision just this last week didn't know what to do and it was for me it seemed to be this big decision but I just kept coming back to Jesus before long not only did the decision get smaller but it's like God gave me the answer that quick God will do that for you he'll direct your path so would you close your eyes and just bow your heads this morning with me Father I, I pray Lord today over every person here God, every one of us, we acknowledge we live in a world of problems, and you told us that we would have tribulation, we would have problems. And so having problems and worries and stuff that we could deal with is not because we're weak or we lack faith or whatever. It's because we're in this world. We're in a fallen world where sin, the Bible says, sin doth abound. But God, we know that you're greater than sin. So, God, today, we set our hearts, Lord. We declare, Lord, this morning to set our heart on you, 
to set our minds to be fixated on you, Jesus. And Lord, we know that when we do, all of those problems, all of the issues of life will begin to fade away into the joy and the perfect instruction of our God. So Lord, that's our prayer, Lord, this morning. That's our prayer. I have, I'm closing with these three things and then we're going to pray. But first thing is I want you to, I want you just today to decide to trust in God with everything. Trust God in everything you do. If you haven't turned your life over to him, the first step in trusting God is just simply say, God, I give you my life. You'll never trust God until you trust Him with your life, until you give Him it all. You turn your life over to Him, your past, He says, hey, got it covered, it's under the blood now. You turn your life over to Him, your future, He says, hey, I have a plan, follow me. For today, He says, hey, I want to give you joy and peace. When we turn our lives over to Him, Everything changes. In fact, so do we. He says, now, when we turn our life over to him, now you become a new creation in Jesus. You're a new creature. If you're here this morning and and you're just saying, Pastor, I, I want to turn my life over to him. Maybe this is a fresh renewal of that commitment or maybe it's the first time. It doesn't matter. I just want you with everybody's eyes closed, head bowed, just right now, if, if you're saying this morning, I, Jesus, I want to turn my life over to you. I want to pray for you. And I just want you to just lift your hand. Just lift your hand this morning. And I want to pray for you. Thank you. If you're online this morning, you're at home, just text, whether you're on Facebook or on our website, just in the comment section. Just put, today's the day. Today I'm turning my life over to you, Jesus. And so, Father, today I pray, Lord, over every person. I pray over every person that's making that decision right now. Lord, I pray that every person here, every person that's joining us online this morning, right now, will say, Lord, I give you my life. From this day forward, I fix my eyes, I fix my heart on you, Jesus. I give you my burdens. I give you my problems. Lord, and I ask you for the rest that only comes from